Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Talking Smack podcast presented by the Griffcast here at Canisius College. My name is Aiden Jolly alongside Adam Gorski. Lots of college basketball to go over from the past week. Let's do it. So first we will go over Canisius getting their first win of the season on Saturday against Bucknell in rather thrilling fashion. They beat Bucknell 83-81. to It was close the entire way. It came down to Jaco Fritz, the freshman, hitting a layup with .8 seconds left to give them the win. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really big win for them, their first of the year. Yeah. Uh, Malik Johnson played very well in that game. He had 27 points. Jordan Henderson had 17. Fritz ended up with 12 on 5-for-7 shooting. And it also led to Malik Johnson being named the MAC Player of the Week yesterday, and Yako Fritz was named the MAC Rookie of the Week. And this was a really, really confidence-boosting win for them. They, I, they, I feel like they needed it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... First of all, you said Malik Johnson played fantastic. He has legitimately been one of, if not the best player in the MAC so far through what three, four, five games for most teams. I mean, he he has played phenomenally, averaging lead, leading the conference so far, twenty points per game, uh, leading the conference in assists per game with five, and also leading the conference in steals per game with three point three. So I mean, he's he's been able to dish, he's been able to score, he's really. You know, we talked about it in our first episode with our preview episode saying that he was going to have to step up. He was going to have to be the man this year if they were going to go anywhere. And he really has stepped into that role, and he's been doing it fantastically, I would say. And the thing is, he struggled against Albany, too. I mean, yeah. that, that, I mean, that was a game in which everyone struggled. They lost 83-57. to 57. Yeah, definitely he, only, had a, he bounced back, for sure. Yeah, he, he only scored nine points in that game on three for 12 shooting. Just a, just, It was just a really bad night for the Griffs overall that game. But, yeah. um, you know, it was good to see him step up and the team as a whole step up in their home opener as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like I said, a good win for them, one that they needed. Absolutely. I cannot, I, I cannot agree more. I mean, get, you know, obviously getting that first win is crucial, and it's exactly what they did. And, and a big week coming up for the Griffs here. Um, they will play St. Bonaventure on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Should be an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about this last week too, that St. Bonaventure really has not been impressive so far. I mean, they, they, they were expected not. to – you know, possibly compete for the A-10 this year and, you know, losing uh, losing a couple games that they probably on paper should have won. And, you know, I think I think this could be a closer game than what we thought it would be a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but, I mean, um, Bonaventure did finally get a win on Saturday, a game that I was at actually up in Toronto. Uh, they played Rutgers as part of a, a triple header at Scotiabank Arena, which was three good games, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, Bonaventure did beat Rutgers 80-74. to and I was thinking about, like, Bonaventure, a lot of people were panicking that Bonaventure was 0-3. Yeah. But, you know, watching them on Saturday, they have two freshmen that played phenomenally, Alejandro Velasquez and Justin Wilson, that had or Winston, I'm sorry, that had 20 and 19 points. Kyle Lofton, the sophomore, had 17. Uh, Dominic Welch, another sophomore, had 11. Yeah. So I think this is a team – that is very young. Obviously, not having Osuno Sunii uh, right now hurts, mm-hmm. but I think Bonaventure will be all right. Yeah, I think so. I, I you know, I got to give a shout out to Don Welch, of course, yep. uh, Western New York native, uh, the all-time high school uh, section six leading scorer. Uh, I want to say twenty-five hundred roughly points in his uh, 
career at Cheektowaga High School. So, of course, got to give a shout-out to Dom. And, you know, as you said, you know what I mean? It's guys like him, the you know, the other freshmen, you know, if they step up and they can get their season back on track, mm-hmm. I see no reason why they can't, you know, come yeah. A-10 season, try and make some noise once again. Yeah, and obviously, th- you know, they certainly have a passionate fan base down there, of course. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they um, certainly a ton of people down there hoping that they can turn it around. There, and, there were a lot of Bonaventure people yeah. at that game on Saturday. I did, I did tweet about it just casually. The entire campus <laughs> made the four-hour drive up there. Yeah, it's no, to, no surprise uh, there. Go to that game, and that they're, uh, they're a fun group to watch. Another uh, Big Four team played in Toronto on Saturday. Another I went to all three games. Um, UB mm-hmm. beat Harvard 88-76. to That's a great win for the Bulls. It, it's a really good win for the Bulls. They came out really slow in the first half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, um, they on 12-2, 10-2 early on? Yeah, they were down a good amount in the first yeah. couple in the first handful of minutes of the game but i think uh the thing that really turned it around the thing that stuck out to me that game was uh Javon Graves he hit a buzzer beating 3 uh at the end of the first half that gave them a 2 point lead they were down 1 at that point before mm-hmm. that they came up with a 2 point lead he fin- and they they carried the momentum through the rest of the first half but like they they turned it on yeah. in the second half and uh, yeah that was uh that was kind of their MO last year when they had you know guys like CJ Massenberg uh, Nick Perkins off the bench right. as the sixth man uh you know uh Harris uh Jeremy Harris you know they they just had that gear in them that yeah. no other team in the Mid-American Conference had that right. you know what I mean if they were struggling if it was a tight game they could just you know flip a switch and all of a sudden Boom, 12-0-14-0 run, and the game's blown wide open. Yeah. You know? So, obviously, they don't have anywhere near the firepower they had last year. No, they year. don't. And, and, and the thing is, they're, it's not going to be a runaway for them in the minute. Yeah, the, no, uh, it's not. It's going to be it's gonna be a tight one. I mean, Ball State's good this year. Bowling Green Bowling should be good. Bowling Green, specifically, is supposed yes. to be very good. Um, I haven't seen them yet, but... Um, yeah. I, I think that Harvard team, as well, is going to yeah, really so. make some noise in the in the Ivy League. This is they haven't been to the tournament in a couple years for their no. senior group. Um this is their last chance. It includes uh, Justin Bassey who played well, Bryce Aiken who played well. Um they're a senior laden team that Harvard group and uh I think I think they have seven seniors on wow. the roster. I mean they they have a big roster. I think I counted they have 19 players on their That's roster, crazy. which is a lot more than mm-hmm. you know a lot of a lot of what you see. <laughs> That's but a fact. um this is also a Harvard team that uh you know with with our with the Mac here, uh, beat Siena by three. They did last week, last Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Thursday. So I mean, that's you know, for them to, you know, obviously, you know, you you get one win last week, obviously, which is nice. You know what I mean? You you know, you can't win them all, of course, but right. You know, obviously Siena. You know, we've talked we, we talked about that earlier as well. We expect mm-hmm. them to compete in the Mac. So yep. you know, just beating a beating a good team is always you know oh, good. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's obviously a tough loss to UB. UB is a talented squad, but right. I will say one thing that about that Harvard team is that I feel like a lot of people were hyping them up at the yeah. start of the year. A lot of people thought that they could make a lot of noise, you know, a, a, as a mid-major. You right. know what I mean? I mean, I don't, I don't know if people thought they would run away with the Ivy League, but I certainly think that they were the consensus favorite in the Ivy League. Yeah. But they have not really shown they're very- that. You know, you know, as you said, they're an experienced group. They have a talent. They're a talented right. group, but they really have not yet to show. They're, they're two and two against uh, D one schools. They lost to Northeastern, and like and like we said, they lost to Buffalo. They beat Maine, and or they lost to or they beat Siena, like you just said. They beat MIT, which mm-hmm. is a D three school. That was right. their first. Uh, that was their one other win, but uh, that doesn't really count. <laughs> but um, yeah, I ranted about this on Twitter um, a couple weeks ago. Yes, that, I remember you saying that. This. Um, 
I don't think D1 schools should be allowed to play D2, D3, NAIA schools and have it count towards. Because I understand, you know, playing them in an exhibition game, and I think that's fine. And I understand it's a money grab for those smaller schools, but I think it creates an unfair advantage in non-conference. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, you, you could say the same thing about football, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. How a lot of, you know, I mean, I, I personally think to Alabama and Auburn in football, you know, they have the Iron Bowl at the end of the year. But right. the week before that, the both of them just play some cupcake, you know. Yeah, isn't Alabama playing, like, Western Carolina yeah, or something, or something like that? Like that yeah. that's, that's not a real school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not a real football you know team. What I, yeah, exactly. You yeah. know what I mean? They play, like, these little cupcake tune-up games, you know, the week before yeah. a big game to, you know, kind of prepare themselves. I mean, obviously it's different in basketball, but you, right. you know what I mean? Because, right. you know, you have – plenty of buy games there's right. more games and I, i'm fine with buy games if it's d1 against d1 yeah exactly yeah. but when it's when you start playing these you know d2 d3 schools that you know what i mean you're li- literally the only purpose for them is to get money you know what right. i mean like right. there, there's no you know I, I don't know i also saw a, a a take on that i think it was john rothstein i can't remember who said it but um i believe he said something along the lines of you know, if you're a if you're a blue blood, a big top twenty five school, you know, buy games really, you know, it's kind of it, it's kind of a lose lose. You know what yeah. I mean? Just because either a you go in, you pay the school to come play you at home, and you win by a lot. Yeah. You know, okay, hey, all fine and hey, dandy, it's but great. yeah, you're not going to get any attention for it. You know no. what I mean? What's you know, I who did Duke play when? You know, we'll get into that later about Kentucky and Evansville, yeah, will, yeah. but obviously, um, yeah. you know, Duke played somebody that same night. I, I can't can't remember who it was, but you know, regardless, a bye game, smaller, right? I think right. it was D one school, but smaller D one school, and they beat them by like fifty. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I nobody's mean, it, it doesn't. Nobody's gonna t- talk about that. Those type of things doesn't matter. And and let's get into the uh, the uh, Kentucky and Evansville game. Like Kentucky, I feel like is not as good as a lot of people thought they were gonna be. Yeah. They almost lost to Utah Valley last night. They did. That, that was. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I saw somebody also say on Twitter, you know, it, it, it's tough to motivate. You know what I mean for games like that, just because, right. you know, it's you're you're going into a game where you're favored by forty. Yeah. you know what I mean. And, like, and for the small schools, they go and all pumped. They're exactly. Like, oh, let's you're go like, out there and shock the world. Like absolutely. you know, Evansville did that, and absolutely. I mean, that yeah. was a great, that was a great game of basketball. Period. You know it what was, I mean? Regardless, it was. whether it was yeah. Kentucky versus Michigan State or Kentucky versus right. Evansville, it was yeah. a great game of basketball. Yeah. But, you know, the storyline is obviously this team, Evansville, uh, you know, Kinda nobody expected them no, to come no in and probably that. play yeah. close. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe, okay, sure, you hang around in the first half, but yeah. then, you know, everybody thinks Kentucky probably just pull away in the second. But Right. Because that, that happens in a lot of the games. The, oh, yeah. the final score of that Harvard-MIT game, by the way, 84-27. to 27. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a bit of a blowout there. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about one of these uh, bye games. It was a really hilarious situation. That happened in uh, – this involves a Mac school, Monmouth in Kansas on oh, Friday God. night. <laughs> a hilarious moment. That was pretty good. Towards the end of the game. So if you didn't see it, Kansas was beating Monmouth 110 to 55. Yeah. And Kansas is dribbling the, the clock out, and there's about 20 seconds left or so, 10, 15, 20, 15 seconds left. And this was George Pappas from Monmouth. And so the Can- Kansas – I don't know who number 13 on the roster is. Like, I'm sure he's a, yeah. a, a, a walk-on who was whatever. <laughs> so George Pappas like, goes up behind him and takes the ball, 
runs up the floor at full speed, dunks, starts taunting them, and gets a technical foul with four <laughs> seconds left. Yeah, I, that that was objectively <laughs> hilarious. Oh yeah, that was that was good stuff right there. And, I mean, there was a lot of people, you know, kind of criticizing it, and you know what I mean. On one hand. Yeah, I get it. You yeah. know what I mean? You're down, what, 55? Yeah. You just let the clock run out, yeah. go home, yeah. get your money for your school, and, yeah. you know, get get ready for your next game. But at, at the end of the day, George Pappas does this, and the next day, he he has his name thrown around on yeah. a lot I was gonna of say, TV I was channels, gonna say, a lot if you, of big Twitters. If you have your chance to have your moment at Allen oh, yeah. Fieldhouse and, like, dunk and yell, I don't give a F, I don't give an F. Yeah. To, you, he, you, said, you, he said it twice. Yeah. And, you know, absolutely. if I you mean, have your chance to do that, you do it. Absolutely. I, mean, I, can't, I can't fault him for it. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I would have done the same thing. His father was pissed off about it, and, and King Rice had to apologize to Bill Self. And it was funny because Bill Self was like, oh, I don't care. It's whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, yeah. <laughs> still won by 53. Yeah, you still – yeah. The final score they, – they did hit the technical free throws. I, oh, I don't know who shot them, Of course. But, uh, you, you know – George Pappas just didn't want Monmouth to get doubled up. Yeah. That was all it was. Yeah. I mean, hey, can't, can't fault can't fault the kid for it. I, I watched that video. I think I saw it for the first time either late Friday night or uh, early Saturday. And I, I watched it like seven times in a row. Because, yeah. again, it was objective. Because I noticed something new every single time <laughs> I watched it. Like the first time I watched it, I was just like, oh, yeah, he just went up and stole the ball. Yeah. And, you know, the second time I watched it, he kind of, like, crept up behind yeah, it. Yeah, like, he like, did. Like he was he trying really to do did. it all sneakily. And then yeah. he's like, oop, I'm going to take the ball from <laughs> it him. It was funny. Like, you, then, you could see it, like, right at the video start. Like, you can kind of see the process. Like, the gears turning yeah. in his head. Like, yeah. oh, I have a shot here. I, I, I could, can do I this. Can, I, this is my moment. Yeah, and then, you know, the next time I watched it, I saw that, the guy on Kansas had like his back, like tur- like as soon uh-huh. as he turned his back, Pappas made his move. <laughs> and then I saw that the the other can- uh, whoever that was on Kansas, next to him, noticed as he's about halfway there. Mm. <laughs> That's good stuff right there, man. That's you know, hilarious. It, it, it was it was very funny, and I mean, the Monmouth is you know, it, yeah. It, obviously, King Rice was mad about it. I'm sure his father was mad about it, but. Uh, he he deleted his Twitter account the next day. I don't know if you saw. <laughs> I that. did not see that, but that's. <laughs> but I mean, uh, I, I also don't blame him for that because I'm sure plenty, uh, plenty of rock chalk Jayhawk people would be in not, his mentions. About we're not that. thrilled. Yeah, at him. For I don't. It. I don't blame him for that. Don't, um, don't blame him for that at all. No, no. But it was, it, it was an objectively funny moment in a mm-hmm. game that you know just yeah. didn't didn't really matter in the long run. Nope. <laughs> um, but but it was funny. It was, it, funny. it was funny. It was funny. Um, Speaking of MAC teams playing big schools tonight, you got Fairfield at Maryland. Yep. Uh, I'm not, you know, I mean, our first MAC team against a big school uh, did not go very well, obviously. No. Uh, as we just talked about. With that being said, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm not sure what the line is, but I'm, I, I think Fairfield cover. Fairfield covers tonight. You know, I'm gonna look up the line. Yeah. But you know what? Let's, I'm see, gonna, what I'm gonna, Let's see what the line is. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be optimistic for if my, if for my guys over line. Fairfield. If yeah. If, <laughs> there may not even be a line. Which, Let's see. Uh, would not. Uh, Maryland by 24. You know what? I believe Fair, in Fairfield. Fairfield covers it. Fair, yeah. Heard it here first, folks. We're now a gambling podcast. There Fair, we go. Fairfield yeah. covers. Fair, we, Fair we are now. Yeah. Tonight. This is now a Mac basketball <laughs> gambling podcast. Take your tips. With that being said, uh, you know, another MAC team who played very well this week, Manhattan, first right. two games, two wins. Can't fault them for that, obviously. Yep, they beat um, 
I know they beat Albany. Yes, they did beat Albany, which is, uh, you know, we t- talked about that last week. You know, kind of a Albany's kind of a measuring stick team in non-conference for heading into MAC play. Okay, Monmouth. So, I mean, yeah, UAlbany is definitely a measuring stick for uh, mm-hmm. MAC schools. Man- Manhattan's other win was against Delaware State that came out uh, last Tuesday night. Yeah. And I believe they have a Samford Yes, they have tonight? Samford tonight. Yes, yeah, yep. Samford. Uh, so, hey, that's a, certainly a shot to go – Three and zero, you know what I mean. Yeah. I I I, I, mean, I have to wonder when the last time a MAC team was three and zero in non-conference. I don't believe it was last year. <laughs> it couldn't have been last year, no. But I mean, I was I was talking to someone on Twitter the other day that uh, the MAC may have had its worst week in a long time. Yeah, in uh, that is a fast week. It was <laughs> bearing Manhattan and Canisius is when there was not a lot of noteworthy games for the old good old uh, not Metro as, Atlantic. Not, not as all, not not at all. Um, yeah, a lot of them, a lot of them really struggled this week. It was, you know, like we said, Bryant or Bryant beat Niagara and Pittsburgh beat Monmouth last night. Um, Loyola beat Fairfield, Arizona State beat Ryder. Yeah, um, plenty of, plenty of games on Saturday as well. I think, yeah, well, well Manhattan Ford, and Fordham did win. beat Marist by 17. Marist yeah. put up all of 41 points in that yeah. game. Um, the Mac, I feel like is playing a lot more buy games than it did last yeah, year i believe so is, as well um, i know yeah having having looked at the schedule i mean just just on saturday quinnipiac right. miami st peter's providence you know obviously i, I don't believe I don't, I don't believe maris fordham was a buy game but uh Te- you know it probably through technicalities yeah probably because was. fordham is an atlantic 10 school not a good one yeah but fordham is three and oh i did not know that okay oh, shot to fordham yeah they I mean, to be fair, it was against uh, St. Francis of New York, Fairly Dickinson, and Marist. I didn't they, know they were the same. Uh, Nevada on Friday, um, but yeah, I mean, this was a really tough week for the MAC. I, I think they do bounce back this week, though. And yeah, uh, I, I don't see why not. I mean, you looked. Uh, you said yep. you got Man- Manhattan, Samford tonight. That's certainly winnable. Uh, R- Ryder is playing. Sienna Yale tomorrow. I think would be Sienna a very Yale good game. Yale will be a very interesting game tomorrow. Um, but yeah, that that'll be a good game. Uh, no games Thursday. Stetson will play Iona on Friday. That game is uh, down in Florida, a neutral site game. Albany plays Quinnipiac. Another, another measuring stick right there. Yep. Um, there's two teams playing in Orlando because Monmouth will play uh, Kennesaw State at the HP Fieldhouse on Friday as well. Uh, Saturday you have St. Bonaventure Canisius, like we said before. Manhattan will play Elon. Ryder will play Columbia. That game is at a uh, neutral site game. Um, Presbyterian will play Quinnipiac. Citadel, Maris, Stetson will play Monmouth. That all of these games are part of the early season tournaments down yeah. there. Um, yeah, we're getting into that. Uh, that we, we are season. getting getting into that season. Um, Canisius will be playing in uh, the Boca Raton Classic um, next week. Yep. So they'll play UIC on Tuesday. That's a non-campus game. Um, they'll play Mercer on Sunday. That's December 1st. Then they'll play FAU. Uh, shout out to Lane Kiffin on of course, of uh, Wednesday, December 4th. And uh, on December 2nd, that Monday, they'll play either Hofstra or Holy Cross. They might have two games against Holy Cross within about two weeks yep. of each other, depending yep. on how those uh, those other games play mm-hmm. out. Um, you know, it, it, it's a rarity, but it's not. Yeah, um, still something. It's a little it, cool thing. It, it's not totally out of the realm. It happens occasionally. Yep. And uh, we'll go back to the kind of national standpoint here. Another thing that happened, two teams that might face off against each other for the first time, 
which was uh, a couple weeks ago, UConn beat uh, Florida. That yeah. game was on Sunday. Yeah, um, that was a, you know, I mean, you know, UConn certainly isn't the, you know, Kevin Ollie, uh, you know, no. championship teams of old. But with that being said, you know, I think that they're still a formidable opponent, but right. I, did not, I did not expect them to be Florida. That, that, that was kind of the point no, I was getting Florida, to. I did not Florida expect that has to been extremely disappointing this year. Yeah. Um, probably the most disappointing team in the country, I'd honestly. say so, too, yeah. I would um, have to say so. Yeah. I, I didn't expect it. I mean, you know, you you bring back some talented guys. You bring in a right. star like Harry Blackshear. You would think that that would just a lot of people, boost them. But. A lot of people expected them to be, like, a top 15 team in the country, um, but they just haven't been, honestly. No, um, they have not. It's really – I mean, like, like you said, I mean, di- disappointing is probably the best best word to describe it. As, yeah. Uh, they, they lost to Florida State. They're unranked now, uh, Florida yeah. is. Uh, they they did beat North Florida. Um, they lost to Florida State. Like I said, they beat Towson, which was a game that was tied <laughs> with just about a minute left. They won it by six, and then they lost to yep. UConn on Friday – or not Friday, Sunday – um, but I mean, like I said, this team is not, I mean, this team has three NBA players That's on it, fact. potentially up to, but, um, Who knows? you know, this, this team has more NBA guys in that 2013 team that made the elite eight, but I think that team was more talented. I was listening to, um, the Ion college basketball podcast, uh, last night. And I guess one of them was talking to Mike White, and he said basically the same thing. That and I think I think I think Mike White is a very overrated coach, honestly. But um, and I think Florida's just overrated as a whole. <laughs> but um, you know, it's it's tough to yeah you know go through that. Yeah, another national team though on the opposite side of that spectrum, Ohio State. They have looked fantastic. Yeah, through what three four games now. I mean. Obviously, you, you you blow out Villanova, which yeah. you know was a great win in itself. Yeah, you start out your season with a quality win over a pretty good Cincinnati team, and right. you take care of business in your other two games, which I yeah. do not believe were yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Stetson and uh, UMass Lowell, I believe. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously you take care of business there, and they they've looked good. They've put up. Let's see, 64, 76, 76, 86, offense is scoring. Yeah. Uh, defense is not allowed more than 56 points in a game so far this year. Uh, can't, can't, cannot, I, I would say that's certainly a recipe for success. And, you know, the the top 25 has shown that they've risen up to 10 from starting at 18, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, got to give a lot of credit to where it's due down in uh, Columbus. Uh, we got speaking of that AP top twenty-five. Uh, you know, obviously with Kentucky's loss to Evansville, they dropped a nine. Yep. Duke now the number one team in the country. Uh, Louisville second, Michigan State third, Kansas fourth, and North Carolina in fifth. Yes, and uh, Maryland is sixth. As you said, uh, they'll be playing Fairfield tonight. Uh, you know, the, going back to Florida, they, I think it just comes down to they can't make a shot right now. <laughs> I mean, they're they're just not a good shooting team. Um, I, I I forget what the the real metrics were, but they were they are in the three hundreds and like offensive efficiency and shooting percentage out of out of the three hundred and fifty three D one yeah. teams. Um, but I, I think it, yeah, that's what it just comes down to. They can't yeah. make a shot right now. They're not bad on defense, but it's just 
It's mm-hmm. just the offense. Right, the that, offense just needs right. to get going. Um, you want to talk about uh, a little more about the Naismith Classic? Yeah. I know you kind of mentioned so, it earlier. Yeah, but. I, so I, we already went over the two games between Buffalo and Harvard. Uh, the, the last game that I did see was, was the – in between game was Washington against Tennessee. That's a quality game. Which which was a very it, it was a good quality game. Um Tennessee won that was a final score of seventy five to sixty two. Um Tennessee played really, really well in that game. Rick Barnes played Rick Barnes did a really good job in coaching that game. The thing I noticed about Tennessee um, really it comes down to both teams. Tennessee has a really, really good mid range game. Mm-hmm. And they they tore apart the two three zone that Mike Hopkins runs. I mean what I mean everyone knows Washington is basically Syracuse West, <laughs> but um, um, what what they they really tore it apart and did a good job. Uh, Jordan Bowen Bowden had eighteen. Lamonte Turner played really well. He he was three rebounds and two assists shy of a triple double in that game. Jens Pons played really well as well. John Fulkerson um, did well as well. You know I think Washington is going to be good when it comes down to um like later in the season when they get into Pac-12 play and we obviously know that the Pac-12 is down and and has continued to be but I think the issue my main issue with Washington on Saturday was they were trying to be too cute and make the highlight real plays that the offensive end I mean they don't they don't have a lot of depth Nazia Carter is a good player so is Jaden McDaniels Isaiah Stewart the the freshman quite a green um they really need Hamir Wright to really play well in a lot of these games. He he went scoreless in uh, 20 minutes of action, five five assists and a rebound. But um, they they need him to be a good like to be a good depth piece for yeah. them because they they have a lot of the star power and Isaiah Stewart is probably potentially a top 15, top 20 player mm-hmm. in the country. Um, but he he just did not play well on Saturday yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, but he just did not play well at all. Um, so he 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 really ended up struggling, and uh, Washington paid the price for it. I think Washington will be back, though. Um, they play. They they challenge themselves in non conference schedule, or um, which is good to see. Of course, um, they'll play. They they have good. They play. Um, they play Gonzaga. Um, huge, huge test for them. Um, mm-hmm. They play Ball State. They play uh, like a lot of good mid-major schools. They play San Diego. They play South Dakota. Um, so Washington is a team that, obviously, like I said before, with the Pac-12 being down, um, I think they compete in the Pac-12 title. I know that you really like Colorado, and I do oh, too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so it'll be they'll, they'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, when it comes down to it, and especially that run in the Pac-12 when mm-hmm. they uh, they really. Yeah. get it together and I think they they need to work on some things they need to work on the defense I, I honestly don't think the 2-3 zone is um, really works all that well yeah. in today's version of college basketball and I wrote about that in my own uh, personal blog on, on Sunday um, and and that's why I think Syracuse has seen its struggles in the past couple of years because teams are adjusting to that level of defense and can get past it and be like, oh, yeah. they're, they're just going to be so predictable on defense. Uh-huh. We can almost just do whatever we want. Yeah. And that's I what mean, it felt like. What, and that's what it felt like Tennessee was doing at times. And that's how it feels like other teams are what, what they've right. done against them yeah. in the past couple of years, I mean, especially like the, the better teams that can, that, that have more preparation to do. And yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I cover a lot of high school, high school basketball in the area. And, you know, you see 
it's it's very often in high school you see a lot of zones uh you know two three you know diamond and one uh you know you, you really i i see it a lot and my you know the kind of you kind of think and you say well obviously you know high school teams they're not as complete as college teams they no, don't have no. as much talent you know what i mean that that means your zones typically can work you know what i mean because you don't have to worry about you know you know not you know i mean there certainly are a lot of talented high school yeah, teams but with yeah. that being said you know most high school teams don't have a, a starting five of guys who are going to go to the next level right. have the strong basketball IQ to break down a zone you know, you may have one or two guys like that, but, you know, nine times out of ten you don't. But, right. you know, as you say, once you get to the next level, you have plenty of guys who are talented, plenty of guys who are smart in terms of basketball and know what they're doing. You have a lot of great coaches, you know, and a- a- as you said, you know, with, with Syracuse's struggles, Washington's early struggles with with, uh, with defense, I, I – I'm in agreement with you. I think the the two three zone may it's a dying art. It in, it definitely. Team like teams are understanding it better than they once were. Yeah, I think um, it is definitely becoming a lost art. And I, and Syracuse and Washington, I feel like are really the only two teams that depend on it like to that level that. You know, a lot of a lot of teams go back to man to man, and they'll play. Other teams will play a zone, but they'll but they won't live and die on that yeah. two three zone, which is it. It's gonna happen. Yeah, it's gonna happen that the zone, the two three zone, and I think zone defense as a whole might go by the wayside at some point, and, yeah. and it'll be sooner rather than later. I think so too. I'm I'm in agreement with you there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So. Moving forward, um, we'll talk about Memphis a little bit, like we've talked about the past couple, the past other couple episodes. James Wiseman um, is currently suspended, and we don't know when he will return. Um, yeah, it, it's it's just a tough situation. That no, is a tough situation. I mean, um, I can't, you know, it's not. I can't really fault Memphis because no, no. they really didn't expect any of this to happen. You know what I mean? I, you know, with Penny Hardaway and that whole that whole situation, it it. On one hand, I I understand that rules. I said this last week, I think. You know, I understand rules are rules, and you know they gotta you know you gotta you know hold up with your guidelines. But on the other hand, I really want to see the kid play. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I think, I, you you, you, you want to see the kid play. Um, you know, I think I'm not sure how the process goes. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an expert in any of that. I mean, I think he's put in his appeal. If I'm not, or or he took out his appeal, so he is suspended. But I think. What Memphis and the NCAA yeah. are trying to find a workaround or find you know a common ground or something like that. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, personally, I hope they certainly can do that. You know, yeah. I think you and I are both in agreement. We want to see the kid play. Yeah. Um, I also, I also wonder how this will affect his draft stock because I mean, you look at a guy I, I like. I don't know if it will or not. Honestly. I don't think honestly, I don't think it will either. I mean, you look at guys like Kyrie Irving who played what. Seven, eight games at Duke, six games yeah. at Duke, got hurt and still went number one overall. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not like James Wiseman is injured. He literally just cannot play. Everybody knows he's good. Everybody knows yeah. he his intangibles and his physical attributes. Right. And just how much of a dominant force he is. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really, you know, I, I don't think it will personally, but, you know, it, it does make you wonder. It does make you wonder. I mean, you got, of course, you have LaMelo Ball down in Australia doing right. his thing. 
I mean, right. I, I mean, look, I don't know yeah. if that's, you know, I don't know if he realistically has a chance at going number one overall. I know I've seen him mocked in the top five, top ten recently. Um, but, you know, I, I can't imagine a team would pass on James Wiseman. I think. No, I, I don't think anyone, anyone would either. I think he, he'll definitely go top three. Um, yeah. Even if because because teams already know his talent, Te- NBA teams have already, I'm sure, have been looking at him and looking at him really hard. I know there were a ton of NBA scouts at that uh, the Memphis Oregon game down, yeah. down in Portland last week. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, like you said, a lot of teams won't pass up on him when if they get the opportunity to get yeah. him, they're going to take him. Yeah, because he's that talented. Yeah, and I think I feel like he kind of is, you know, one of the perfect images of what a big in the NBA has to be nowadays. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to be able to run the floor. You got to be able to, you know, if if you can get the ball in transition, obviously you're seven foot one, seven foot two. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, you, you, I look at a guy like Giannis. Well, Giannis is not a, 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 He's a not prototypical seven. big man. Right. I mean, dude's massive. He can yeah. dribble the ball. He Nobody's stopping him when he's yeah. taking the ball to the hoop. I mean, if James Wiseman – you know, he's obviously a dominant force in the post. We've seen that yeah. in his, his three games that he played. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if he can translate that game that he's played in college, I mean, it should be a pretty easy jump to the NBA, Yeah, one would think. I, I think it will be for him. Um, I, I think he's a very good player, and his game translates really well to NBA. And you don't see that a lot of guys with in, in the NBA, especially these big guys that their game really moved on to. Yeah, no, level. it's true. It's um, true. I mean, I think to a guy like, you know, Christoph Porzingis, maybe. I mean, he's, you know, yeah. he had the. I mean, obviously he didn't play college ball, but right. You know, he had the he had the ability to shoot the three. He had the ability to carry the ball at seven foot three, and yeah, you know, I I think he certainly when he came out, a lot of people obviously were critical of the draft pick just because yeah. it's the Knicks, and you know, you know who who is this guy? But right. You know, in, prior to his injuries, he played well. You know what he I did. mean? And he, he was a good player. He still is a good player. I yeah. think I think he's going to take him a little bit of time to get used to Dallas. But, you know, regardless, you know, yeah. kind of translating that back to college, I think when you get big men who can play like that, who right. can shoot the three, dribble the ball, uh, post up, you know, when they need to, play physical down low, grab rebounds, you know what I mean? I don't think you can want much more in a in a big man. You know, it's – No. Yeah. yeah, he's a really good player and – you know, I think he's going to do well in the NBA when that time comes. Yep. Um, yeah. One other thing I got to say, uh, looking at, I just took a glance at tonight's schedule. You got Vermont at Virginia. I think that could be a. That's going to be a good game. I was looking at um, an article. Uh, Brian Hamilton wrote it for the Athletic. Uh, I was reading it uh, this morning before we came over here, and um, he, there, John Becker is really trying to create a culture at Vermont, and. Um, yeah, four and zero. Yeah, he, they're four and zero for the first time, and I, I think I think I read since the two thousand two o three season, um, and it, it's a surprise to me that John Becker hasn't gotten a Power Five job yet because I think he deserves one. I agree, um, but I think the the big thing with them this year they have Anthony Lamb, who's a true NBA prospect. Um, I think they're trying to win an NCAA tournament game this year, and I think if that happens, he will go get a yeah. get a big time job. I can and see that. There, there's a couple jobs that might open up at the end of there's Clemson, there's Georgia Tech, there's Georgetown. Yeah. Um, so I could see him potentially landing one of those jobs. I think Georgetown would be a really good place for him to to mm-hmm. go if they end up if Georgetown ends up getting rid of Patrick Ewing. Yeah. But um, 
I you, you know, know like I, I think said. I think yeah you said it. I think Georgetown would be a great I mean I'm in complete agreement I mean they've had they have such a history of basketball at that school right. I mean it, it honestly makes me sad that they haven't been able to really compete in so long yeah because I feel like Georgetown you Georgetown know, is a basketball brand. absolutely yeah absolutely I mean when, I, I think a lot the last of last time they made the tournament 2012 2013 I I, I think. Perhaps the last time was when they lost to FGCU. That's what I was thinking. I, I, I think that that loss might have been like the, oh no, yeah, like right. Georgetown is not good anymore, and I, <laughs> they they haven't been that good since then. I yeah. think they were a two seed, obviously, then. that was the year FGCU went to the Sweet Sixteen. It's a fifteen seed, which, which yeah, what we've a, never what seen a run before. That was. We might not see again. That's a fact. Um, we were talking about this uh, the other day. What's more? Impressive. FGCU going to the Sweet 16 as a 15 or UMBC beating Virginia. I know. That was. We were talking about this the other day. And to this, like, even now, I can't even. It, it's tough because, on one hand, obviously, FGCU, you won two games versus right. winning one game. Of course, right. on paper, wow, two is greater you, than one. UMBC almost beat Kansas yeah, State. Yeah, exactly. They, they that was the other thing. That entire game. Exactly. Yeah. And you also got to consider, like, UMBC manhandled Virginia. Oh, yeah. It wasn't they, like they, they squeaked yeah. out or won on a buzzer beater. They manhandled they, they, the they number one them. seed they, they in the tournament. They beat them. Absolutely. And, you know, it's tough because they both are historic moments. They both are right. moments that I remember watching as a college basketball fan, right. as a just a massive fan of March Madness. I mean, it's, yeah. it's one of the greatest spectacles in sports. Right. You know, and you sit there watching this, and it, it, both of those games were like the epitomes, the epitome to me of you never know what can happen no, in that tournament. You never do. You never know. Yeah. Nobody thought UMBC would be Virginia. I think, I mean, yeah, sure, Virginia, I, what, I forget who, who it was that was hurt or couldn't play, but I believe they were missing somebody. Yeah, but, they were. Um, you know, regardless, okay, sure, they're missing somebody, but regardless, nobody thought they're, UMBC they're would beat them. still one of the best them. teams in the country. Exactly. Nobody thought UMBC and would And UMBC pull that was off. this team that barely got into the tournament. They, they beat Vermont. Yeah. In the, uh, like we were just talking about in the, in the America East final on a buzzer beater, I yep. think it was. Yep. Um, that year. So, yeah. You know, it, it, it was crazy. But, I mean, FGCU's run was. And that was just just as special. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Dunk City, Florida, put, put that score on the map, for yeah. God's sakes. I mean, like. I can't. They've think, been to the tournament once or twice since then, too. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of, you know, any time you see the name Florida Gulf Coast University, you, you think immediately think Dunk yeah. City. You know yeah. what I mean? You can't. There's, there's no other. Yeah. You know, it, it is literally the identity of that school in terms of sports. You right. Know I mean, you, you literally see FGCU. It's wow, Georgetown. That, that game against Georgetown. You know, wow, that game against San Diego uh, State. San Diego State. Yes. Yeah. And they almost beat Florida. They almost too. beat Florida. Yeah. Played Florida very close in the Sweet 16 as well. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. If if I had to pick one, I would j- I would roll with FGCU just yeah. because. Yeah. I, I, the I would impact do the same. for me. Like right. I, I to this day I remember watching those Cause, games cause and I, those I slams we'll, and those lobs and I'm just like oh my god I, I think we'll see a 16 beat a one again I think UMBC so too. definitely opened the door for that but I don't know if we ever see a 15 seed making a Sweet 16 again Yeah I don't think we see that No I don't I don't think so either No I if we do see it I don't think it happens this year I don't think it happens for a long time No I don't you know think what it I mean will I, Yeah Hey but <laughs> for for entertainment value some some little mid major school please eat my you know make me eat my words yeah, please, I I someone, I am down please do it please do it I am yeah. all for chaos please yeah yeah we we <laughs> love the chaos that comes with uh college basketball and everything that comes with that yeah yeah 
Oh, yeah, and also, uh, you know, I also was looking at the schedule tonight. I just have it open on my laptop here. East Tennessee State, Kansas. East Tennessee State, that's another really good major, major school this Forbes. year. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, they're, I know they're, they've been they've been hyped up a lot. They're I a know, team that can make some noise in the SoCon. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know. I don't know if Vermont pulls off the upset against Virginia or if East Tennessee State pulls off the upset against Kansas. But with that being said, I think these are two really good major schools. Like, it, I feel like it's a kind of game you could see in the tournament. Yeah. You know, in the first round, yeah, like a, uh, like a fifteen-two or a yeah, 14-3 or fourteen-three or something like that. that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't. You know, I think Vermont. You know, on paper, I would say they're better than a 14. I, I'd I say would they're, say they're, East it, Tennessee State's better than a 14 as well. Yeah, you know, depending on how Vermont does, I could see them as like a 12. Oh, yeah. So. They were absolutely. a 13 last year, and I think they're better this year than they were last mm-hmm. year. This, this, this is their best team in a really long time. Mm-hmm. I Absolutely. I think, and like you said, I think they can win a game in the tournament this year depending on the, the I draw think they, they can, get. Yeah, depending on who they get, yeah. A lot of people were picking them against Florida State last year because that that was a semi week. I think I, that. That <laughs> I, think I a, did pick them. <laughs> that was a semi week Florida State team too. Yeah, and I, I'm um, pretty sure I actually did pick them. They did keep it a game that I mean Florida State only won that game by six or seven. That that was a game I was at actually. Yeah. I think in, if uh, I remember Hartford. correctly, I think I picked. Oh, I don't remember if East Tennessee State was in last year, but I I know I picked them to upstate some upset somebody at one point. Yeah. I think it was Florida either last year or two years ago. I can't remember off the top of my head, but. I remember that that was another you know team I was pretty high on. I know a lot of people hyped them up heading heading into the tournament. I absolutely I, I opt on the bandwagon. I don't think they ended up winning that game, but you know regardless that when I see East Tennessee State, East yeah, Tennessee no, they, they State, were, you know I think of they were in it in 2017 and they played Florida. Yes, so yeah, that was that was that's the game four. I was thinking of. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know there was a lot of hype about that team, and you know obviously it's not like East Tennessee State this year is. An unknown, like you said, they made no, it in 2017. No. They've certainly built P- people, something. People know who they are now because yeah. they've they've been to the tournament three times since 2009. So people people might not be an expert on the team, but they know. Yeah, they know they, the name. Yeah, I mean, granted, I I'll, I'll admit I'm not an expert on yeah, East Tennessee no, I'm State. Not I, I, I probably couldn't name one player on that team. Yeah, but um, people have at least heard the name of the school, and it's a school that's been in mm-hmm. the NCAA tournament. And, and that's and that's yeah. the type of thing. You know, I guess we can just wrap up here. I guess you know, I yeah, got, I got my one last little point here. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's one thing about mid-major schools in the tournament that is so big is that, yeah. you know what I mean, y- you hear their name. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, UB, for that, example, that w- I mean, obviously, you know, I'm biased because obviously I grew up, you know, in Buffalo. But yeah. with that being said, you know, these – I went to, like, UB basketball camps when I was, like, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. You yeah. know what I mean? And, I mean, these college players are, like, you know, showing me drills, showing me the ropes, and I'm like, wow, this is incredible. Like, these guys these guys have got to be, you know, so good and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And in the grand scheme of things, I mean, those UB teams back when I was 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, they weren't that good. You know no, what I mean? No. Like, they were middle to bottom of the MAC. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they weren't really anything special. But in my eyes, I was like, wow, you know, this is incredible. Yeah. And then when they, you know, they finally broke the curse, they finally made it to the tournament under Bobby yeah. Early. Yeah, yeah. Since then, they've built up a program. They have, and now so many people, you know, college basketball fans across the country know the name. Wow, Buffalo! That's that's yeah, a good mid major school. They're legit. They're very legit. But when legit. four or five yeah. years ago, you wouldn't have thought that at all. No, because not at all. their history was lackluster. Not, not good. And it was yeah. there was no history. There was no history at all. You know what I mean? So and, um, I, yeah, it's crazy. You know, unfortunately, we haven't seen a MAC team like the the, the MAAC play um, or win. An NCAA tournament game since 2010. That was Sienna, mm-hmm. um, and their upset of um, yeah. And Ohio I, to State. be honest, they, they I don't were know a ninth seed, and, and everyone considers that an upset, but it really yeah. wasn't. But um, you know, I, I, we haven't seen it since then. And that's unfortunate, but I think it might come soon. I think so um, too. 
Yeah. I think so too. I think. Yeah. I don't know if it's this year, but I certainly think that. Yeah. You know, it's eventually tough. one of these teams is going to yeah. get a good draw and they're going to win mm-hmm. the game. I yeah. think so too, and I, yeah. I think you, you can say the same for a lot of conferences. Yeah. Oh you know yeah, what I mean? absolutely. Like, the draw is literally. It's the a surprise. Cr- Iona hasn't won a game. Oh, I mean, too. they've been yeah. four years in a row. I mean, yeah. I, I think. I think at some point, at least some people expect them to win a game. But yeah. They haven't done it yet. Yeah, but the draw, the draw—that's what it all comes down to. You it, know what it I mean? does. If, it if does. you can get a matchup against a team that's, you know, maybe has an injured player, or, or you have a mismatch know, did, in a certain position, yeah. or you know, or they finish the year on a cold streak. Right. And exactly. You, you get them at the right time, mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of those upsets come down to. Yeah. Absolutely. So that'll do it for this week's edition of the Talking Smack podcast. My name is Aiden Jolly, alongside Adam Gorski. Good night.